Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, good morning, man. Good to good have morning. you, as always. Nice to be with you. Well, it was a rough night. Uh, you know, final score speaks for itself, but we've been talking about the lack of rim protection uh, and the turnovers, kind of where this game boiled down to, and that's where the winner was decided decisively for Tennessee. I thought the winner was decided on the opening tip. That's just as honest as I can be. I mean, I thought Tennessee dominated from the jump. Arkansas never led. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's hard to break down a game when you never lead. I mean, that's just the truth. And uh, Tennessee was in control, and Arkansas did not have a good game. They did not play well. Tennessee played very well. It was their senior night. And there was a lot of emotion in the building because of that. And they just, um, they just took it to them. I, I don't know how else to put it. They just took it to them. Yeah, it's um, one of those nights where it, you hope to create that kind of atmosphere Saturday when it's your senior day. You've got Kentucky coming in because I, I was with you. You could feel it coming through the TV, the noise and the energy uh, that was in that building. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about because it seemed like they uh, they got a little extra juice out of the atmosphere last night for the volunteers. You know, I was really impressed with how their fans were there for the senior day ceremonies. Um, you know, let's be honest. Most of the time when you do these things before the game, that's why some teams do them after the game now. When you do them before the game, people aren't getting settled in. Hey, we've had senior days here where we've had good seniors. I mean, good ones. And, you know, it was just kind of so-so in the crowd. Now it filled up for the game. But I was impressed with the way the Tennessee people were there. I mean, they were in their seats. That place was, I'm going to say it was probably two-thirds of what the you know capacity was at the end of the night or the largest the crowd was at the end of the night. I'd say two-thirds of them were in their seat. And they were fired up. They've got good players. You know, there's six players on that team that played the Razorbacks twice last year. So, um, yeah, they were excited about it, and they had a good night. I was concerned for Zakai Ziedler when he went down because I've watched that kid play. He is, as you heard Jimmy Dyke say a couple times last night, the heart and soul of that Tennessee team. But – they persevere and they got through it. I wonder, they've never won under, with Musselman going into Knoxville and there's a couple other places they had. Why do you think it's been so difficult, Chuck, for Arkansas to have sent any success against Tennessee on the road? Well, he's only been here four years. He's only been there twice. They won there in 17. Um, you know, Arkansas has not won there because a lot of those years Tennessee's been better. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that there's some kind of, oh, well, they do this every time, or Tennessee does that every time. I mean, this thing's been going on for 30 years now. So um, it's difficult to win on the road. You know, it, it, it just is. And Tennessee's kind of like Florida. You look at our league, if I'm not mistaken, Tennessee, Florida, 
and uh, Kentucky are the teams that have winning records over Arkansas. And um, it's been a tough place to win over the years. But, I mean, I I wouldn't, you know, why must Muss's teams haven't won? I mean, you watch the game last night. You can tell why they didn't win last night. But, you know, they did win there in 17 when Mike was here. and uh, But it's just been hard to get wins over there. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's one of the few few buildings that's bigger than yours in the league. But I think a lot of times it, you know, it just boils down to this. They've been consistently better than Arkansas a lot of years. And, yeah. I, you know, I think this year's been pretty clear based on what they've done, although they've spiraled a little bit lately. They've had a, they've had a better season than the Razorbacks to this point. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. gosh, they're 11-6 and six yeah. in the league and, you know, top five net. So they're, uh, um, you know, teams going into – Tennessee or teams this year, Tennessee's held their field goal percentage, and after last night, it's even better. It was uh, 3.359, just under 36% going into the game last night. Arkansas shot, well, they shot 37, so I guess it stayed right about the same. Arkansas made some baskets at the end. They were right about 30 for a lot of the game, but, you know, Tennessee did what they pretty much do every game. So, you know, when you talk about why they do it to Arkansas, because they've been doing it to everybody this year and Arkansas was no exception I'm not gonna lie heading into that game I didn't know if Tennessee would have enough offensive firepower to compete with the Razorbacks that's been their struggle at points this season I know they had the best defense from an efficiency standpoint in the country but guys I was a little scoring I mean third and scoring too yeah I was a little surprised at how poorly Arkansas shot the ball last night and I know there's been points this season Mississippi State did it Tennessee did and others where they just really packed the paint it made it difficult on Arkansas, but I did think Arkansas took some unforced threes last night that they could have gotten better looks or, or driven to the rim in certain situations. Well, now let me say this. Arkansas was 8-8 eight and eight going into the ballgame. 500 team in the SEC. You're playing, and you went through some of the defensive numbers there, the defensive efficiency and all that. Why was the expectation that an 8-8 eight and eight team in the SEC would go on the road and shoot better than everybody else has? I don't know that I mean, it was. Why was because they're the why number was, one shooting team in the SEC. That's why. Well, but the, you're playing the top. I mean, the expectation that you're going to go in and shoot the way you shot against the team. I mean, a lot of those numbers, Ty. Let's be frank. They've not been built up against the best defensive teams in the league. I, I mean, I, I don't. Um, I expected Arkansas to go over there and play harder. That's what I expected. I expected Arkansas to have a better defensive night than they had. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the expectation that you're going to go in there and do something nobody else has done, that you're an 8-8 eight and eight team in the conference and you're going to go in and do something nobody else has done. I, when you step back and really take a look at that, I, 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 don't, I don't know that that should have been an expectation. And I, know, I didn't think the 8 of 22 is what necessarily beat you last night. I mean, 36%. No. But, I mean, it's too many threes attempted. But, right. But, you know, that's not what beat you. Most most often, the Razorbacks would have a lot more than 57 points if they scored eight three-point baskets. That, that's the surprise in all of this is that you, you got 24 points off three-point baskets and you only totaled 57 for the game. Um, that's because you weren't working within the framework of your offense. Yeah. I mean, um, but, but in the end, defensively, you just – you had too many breakdowns, and Tennessee got to the rim. And yeah. I mean, the points in the paint, if they showed it once, they showed it 100 times last night. Arkansas just got walloped there, 42-18. to 18. Well, you know, this is one of those games, very frankly, where, you know, analysts aren't going to get paid much for this one. You're not going to get paid much for breaking this ball game <laughs> down. Uh, there's not much to break down. I mean, you can point to pretty much every statistical category. Sometimes you just get your butt kicked. 
And that's what happened last night. Anthony Black has had back-to-back puzzling turnover games that I don't think we've typically expected of him. And I know he's a freshman. I know there's times he can make a mistake as a young man. But, I mean, last night, what he ended up with, Tommy, six or seven turnovers. Alabama game fouls out. He he shot the bell well, well last night. But, I mean, there were some very lazy, lack, lackadaisical passes that he made that turned into easy Tennessee points that Arkansas just can't have if they're going to have any tournament success moving forward. Well, no, you're right. I mean, you can't turn it over. I don't care who's on your team. You can't turn it over and have tournament success. You're right about that. But I thought it was another example last night, and um, we've seen it more than once this year. I've made this statement to a lot of people during the basketball season. I'll take a 21, 22-year-old three-star over an 18-year-old five-star all day long. Um, I thought Arkansas played a veteran team last night. We just talked about how you know the guys – particularly the guards, even with Ziegler going out. Um, you know, these are guys that, by and large, have played against Arkansas. And I know Meshack hadn't, but, you know, some most of the other guys had. And, um, you know, you're playing an experienced team. When you played Alabama, you were playing against some guards and Quinterly and some guys like that. They've been doing it a while. And I'm just telling you, I don't care how good the guy is as an 18-year-old. There are very few exceptions to this. Brandon Miller wouldn't be doing it by himself if he was the only one down there at Alabama. Um, you can't take 18-year-old kids and play 22-, 23-year-old kids and win more than you lose. You're just not going to do it. I don't care how good they are. You just got whipped pillar to post last night. I mean, yeah, it just, I mean, just it, never felt like you had a chance to win that game. So. They won the opening tip, and you never led. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, that's a whipping. Yeah. And then the old Vescovy, uh, you know, they didn't shoot a lot of threes last night, but, man, every time he touched He's it, a good player. He made three of them last night, and every one of them just seemed to man, put another, he, another another shovel, shovel full of dirt on top of you, it. He hadn't done anything in Arkansas the last couple of years. You look at his shooting against Arkansas, he hadn't done anything. You put Tony well, on him last two years year. ago, he had a career game against Arkansas. And then last year, Arkansas, if you look at the numbers, they held him in check in Fayetteville. I think he was seven points, 11 rebounds in Fayetteville. Scored in double figures when uh, they played in Knoxville. Now, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't disagree that he hadn't done anything against Arkansas. He, from a shooting, I think he was shooting 30-something percent and 20-something percent from the three-point line. And then last night again, and it's not like, like some of them he got some open looks, but, I mean, that one he hit on Nick, that 30-footer step back that just, that iced it. I mean, the game was out of reach probably at that point, yeah. but... That was a that was a senior night shot. And yeah, those are baskets you make at home, don't make on the road. Yeah, he, uh, which was I know frustrating for fans. I, I think what was what was so mind like it was so hard for me to to get over is the fact that you, you started in that hole and then like y'all said you got it to seven. I think with about fifteen minutes to go, Nick hit those two free throws and then they just went on that 13-3 or thirteen two run and you never you never even got close to sniffing. A, a game after that. I mean, for I mean, now here's the hard reality. Here's the hard reality. The last two teams you played are better than you are. Pure and simple. Now, if we'd had Brazil the whole year and he'd had Nick the whole year, I don't know that it'd be that way. But when this season, the way this season's played out, and I hear your frustration, Ty. But I hear what I hear is 16 games before that of frustration, mm-hmm. not just what happened last night. I hear 16 conference games worth of frustration, or maybe eight now nine. Um, I think that's probably what 
a lot of people mm-hmm. felt during the game last night. But I just think the reality is the last two games they played teams that were better than they are. Yeah, well, on I mean, the road at their place. But we've spent we spent the better part of a week. You know that that phrase we kept coming back to headed into this game. Well, I feel you know I like our chances. I feel like there's a chance. You know, you felt like you're trending in the right direction with the way you played at Alabama, and I think that's the the okay you lost, but it's the way you lost because you go to Bama and you're in, you have a shot at the end to go to overtime. You go to Tennessee, and you never have a shot in the game that matters as far as taking taking the lead past the first few minutes. I mean, you just got whooped. And that's the thing you didn't expect last night is go get whooped. Well, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, I don't think, yeah, I didn't expect Arkansas to be dominated the way they were. But um, I've seen it happen before on the road. And the good news in all this is that There's you don't have to play any more road games. <laughs> you don't God, have to play any more road true. games. And uh, everything's either at home or on a neutral floor. From this point forward, and I, I, I think that um, I think it'll be different. I'm not going to say they're going to win everything, but I think it's going to be different. Hey, if you're in the market for a home, if you're a buyer or a seller, as a matter of fact, let me talk to you about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. My friends, they've been my partners, and I think you'll be satisfied with them the same way I am. Uh, you know, one of the things that I like about them is the fact that when you partner with a Weikert agent, when you partner with an agent from the Griffin Company, best trained in the business. They're going to understand it backwards and forwards. They're going to understand it better than everybody else. There are always things that come up. I, mean, I guess there's a perfect sale every once in a while. You know, there's never any glitches or anything like that. But a lot of times you do have them. And that's where you need a trained professional to guide you through. You need someone who understands the market, who can negotiate, and ultimately who can get you from contract to close. And that's what they're best at. And Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. They've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, Missouri. And you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Well, there's a, uh, a slate of, what, three games, I guess, tonight in the SEC, Chuck. So now eight and nine. Where, where in your mind does this leave the Razorbacks with one game to go in regards to, to the tournament, uh, in regards to what's ahead for the, for the Hogs? What, where do you think they stand right now in your equation? Oh, I think they're in. I think they're in the NCAA tournament. And but but the main, one of the main reasons I think they're in something we don't talk about that much, and that's how good the teams they played in non-conference have done. I mean, look at the records of teams like Asheville, and look at Fordham, look at Bradley, look at South Dakota State. Um, Arkansas's non-conference resume is a lot better than you think, based on the success of some of those directional schools that you expect to beat. Uh, a lot of them have had really good years, and that's helped Arkansas a lot. I think they're in the tournament. I don't know where they're going to be seated in the SEC. The problem is, I mean, you know, you're chasing a bunch of 9-7 and seven teams there, too. And, I mean, you know, you're even with Florida now, and they get to play LSU. So um, I don't know how it's all going to shake out in terms of seeding, but I'm going to guess when it's all said and done, if they win, they're going to be 8th or ninth, and if they lose, they, you know, maybe ninth or 10th. You're tied with Mississippi State and Florida right now. State's got the tiebreaker over you. You have the tiebreaker over Florida. If the conference What's, was, what about the three-way though? If it's a three-way tie, don't don't. How does that work? Uh, so it's it's the record against the. We'd have to best, look it up. It's the I didn't record mean to put against, you on the spot. No, you're good. It's record against the best team in the conference, which Bama. Florida didn't have a win. Neither. But it has to be a perfect triangle though to go to that. If not. Correct, and then it goes down right. by, by sequence. Against be, those yeah. three, uh, amongst those three, it has to be a yeah. perfect yeah. triangle. And then it would to go be A and M, then Tennessee, who's in, or t- Kentucky's in third. That's how they do it. But 
Uh, Whatever it is, it'll be against Arkansas. Yeah. Well, it, you know, honestly, none of that changes my opinion. You ask where are they at big picture. Um, I think they're good enough to win the SEC tournament. I think they could lose in the first round. Yeah. I mean, and and all points in between. That's uh, um, that 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 honestly is how I view it right now. Is that an opinion about the team or about the state of the conference, which seems to have a lot more parity this year than it's had? Well, in maybe both. Okay. Maybe both. Um, um, you know, maybe a little bit of both. More, more about Arkansas though than the parity of the league. Well, yeah, you mentioned the non-conference. We brought up the scheduler. I mean, you've just got a great resume that you have for your non-conference. The the difference though is, even if you were to lose these next two games, one in Fayetteville and then one in Nashville, you just don't want to start out your NCAA tournament in Dayton, Ohio, in the first four. And there's a chance they could put them there as an eleven seed. Which do you, possible. It's a big difference between going there and going to a first-round site and actually playing in a game that people could expect you to do something. Cause there's only I really don't think that's going to happen, though, based on their net. I don't, know, think, it's gonna, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think they're going to lose the next two games. I think they're going to either find a way to win on Saturday or find a win to wait at least once in Nashville. I just don't, as Tommy said, I don't want to be put in this situation come Sunday, where you're freaking out about what's happening with Arkansas basketball in the tournament, because there will be some people on pins and needles if they even make the tournament. I will be I, one of those guys. I just feel better at nine and nine. You don't have to explain away. And I'm sure there's there's uh, examples in and recent gonna years. Be Big Twelve and ACC teams that get in two, three games, four games yeah. below five hundred. So, but we'd all feel better at nine and nine. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's just it's just one less thing on your resume to explain away and. The other thing is that at 8 and 10, where did you finish in the conference standings? Probably 8th or ninth, at best. It, you know, that's, a, that's another check mark against you. So, um, at least at 9 and 9, you may finish as high as tied for like 5th or 6th based on what happens tonight. So, we'll see. And Saturday. You got some big games of consequence tonight. Guys, any chance Auburn can go into Tuscaloosa and beat them? I mean, they're not... They have not played well as of late. Is Alabama going to head into College Station with just one conference loss? I don't know. What do you think? I think Bama might steamroll them tonight. Uh, okay. uh, the way Brandon Miller's played, I mean, he's the guy that, that gets them going. I I, really, I think Sears is probably the most important player on that team, even though Miller's the best. But, I mean, it's it's hard to say that he's going to have a setback after everything that happened last week, and he goes for 41-24. and 24. Chuck, what, we, we talked about this pretty extensively yesterday. What do you think about Miller not getting freshman or player of the week after the stats he put up? Is that something we're going to see consistently because of everything that's happened? I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's I, – I don't know. I mean, that's uh, – um, do I think he's not going to win freshman of the year or player of the year because of all this? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't um, – I'm not trying to avoid your question. I just don't know. Tommy asked a good question yesterday, and it was directed at me about – you think Eric Musselman would vote him on the team. By by a basketball standpoint, he is unequivocally the player of the year in this league. He's the freshman of the year of this league. They usually don't give him to both, but I mean he's not the best player on the best team. That's what you always mm-hmm. point to in any award possible. Best player, best team, that's Brandon Miller. Well, if you're asking me to endorse Brandon Miller, you're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> well, we're not asking that. Yeah. I'm just you know, I I'd, I'll be interested to see if he misses some of the postseason mm-hmm. honors based on recent events and if that, you know, clouds it or whatever. And I, I have no problem with someone leaving him off based on just everything surrounding him and the program right now. But, you know, at the end, if it's about, if it's about basketball, you can't deny right. that he's 
He belongs on those teams. Life's not fair. Yeah. Ask the family of that woman. Absolutely. I mean, life's not fair. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he wins an award or not. They, uh, they win tonight. They will clinch the number one seed in the SEC tournament. Or if Texas A&M loses on Saturday, they will clinch that as well. They A&M, I think, won last night. So they still technically, by um, mathematics, have a chance to win and uh, get into that spot. Or are they 13th? I think they have, yeah, two conference losses. I think that's set up on that. So we'll have to see if Alabama clinches that. That's another reason I think they're going to pull it out. Missouri to LSU, don't really care about that. Vandy, Kentucky. Vandy's, again, one of the surprise teams in this league. They lost to Kentucky earlier this season. Any chance they can pull the upset and rub tonight? It's because the Wildcats have been playing? It's possible. I mean, Vanderbilt's good. Vanderbilt's got a lot to play for. And, you know, they, uh, they're they probably going to have to win the conference tournament to get into the NCAAs. But Vandy's got some good wins this year. And, um, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I would expect Kentucky to win. But it wouldn't surprise me. You're an Arkansas fan. You want Missouri, Auburn, and Vanderbilt all to lose tonight. That, that's what you need uh, from a from a seeding standpoint. If if Missouri, Auburn, or Vanderbilt win any of those games, you cannot catch them in the league standing. So, you know, you may not want to root for Kentucky, but, but Kentucky winning, Alabama winning, uh, those are, are all things that help you uh, in the in the. Uh, in the conference standings. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Missouri and LSU. I, I mean, I care about that game because, um, you know, I'd like to see LSU pull off an upset. LSU helped Arkansas the other night when they beat Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, Arkansas didn't really take advantage of it, but I care about that Missouri-LSU game. I think that's an important game. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Before we get into what Nate Oates had to say yesterday, do you guys, speaking of entertainment, don't see the Foo Fighters are coming to the AMP on June the 14th? You guys, big I Foo I did fi- see that, Ty, and I know your generation's pumped about that. Hey, do they have, like, speed passes there? Can you uh, <laughs> can you do things there at the AMP where you don't have to stand in line and all that stuff, don't have to deal with other people? Do they have that? I hope so. Is that, do you listen to food? Did you listen to Foo Fighters back in the day? No. No? Okay. I didn't know who this was until someone said something to me. You I didn't know who the Foo Fighters were? No. I I assume hmm. is that not I figure that's, Is that y'all's generation oh, or my generation? No, it's probably uh, everybody seems so young to me. I, I figured that would be in your wheelhouse. Okay. Maybe I'd be a little more in your thirties. Okay. Maybe I, I was off then. I just I, that that sounded like a band that was more y'all's 
speed, to be honest. There were no Foo Fighters when I was uh, when I was your age, Ty. Okay. There were no Foo Fighters. There was you too, but there were no Foo Fighters. Do you did you find a, a band that you want to go see at the Amp this summer? I haven't seen the full schedule yet. I know you're you're probably excited to see Dave Matthews coming back. Chuck, I know. Yeah, I'll your go favorite. see him again. I yeah yeah I'd go see Dave Matthews. I went to see I'll Darius Darius Rucker was there last year. I saw James Taylor there last year. One other show. I went, I went to three shows up there. I saw Kenny Chesney up there a couple of years yeah. ago. That saw was pretty last, good. Saw him last year. It was fun. Speaking of Darius Rucker, Chuck, that's where the women's golf team, Arkansas, is at right now. Have you ever been out to Hilton Head? We were talking, I've never I were been to Hilton Head, no. I have uh, I have not traveled to Hilton Head. That would be a fun uh, destination at some point to go to. I know that we were talking about that yesterday. Is there a golf course that you would pay any, outside of Augusta, Tommy, that you pay any money to go Pe- play? Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll you'll it won't be any money, but it'll be a lot of money. It'll be $600, I, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> I'd go pay it. Yeah, I, played, um, I played Sawgrass a few years ago. That was a big thrill. Bucket list trip. Me and my brother have talked about this. We're going to put a group together at some point. This is this is going to happen in the next five years. Um, England play St Andrews, four or five course over there. That I want to play St Andrews. If I get my handicap better, can I go? No. Okay. No. Just asking. No. We uh, want to, we want to have a good time. Uh, right. Here's the thing about those courses, though. Whether it's Pebble Beach, Sawgrass, whatever. I mean, it's uh, by the time you play, tip your caddy. Do the whole thing. I mean, it's 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 going to be about six bills ahead. So uh, you better save your money. Is what I'm saying, man. Yeah. But tell my wife it was two hundred. You know, I I thought I was going to have a <laughs> conniption last year when I paid one hundred and fifty in Florida. I well, thought that's was, just a standard course. Oh, that's just a weekend rate, man. That's yeah. just that's that's above. I, I, I mean, if you go to Destin and you're not a Florida resident, yeah, it's going to be what at least a buck and a. If you go after two o'clock, you might get a little bit of a break. It but depends. I mean, buck and a quarter if, and up. I gotta remember. Yeah, if you're gonna play a decent course down there in the morning, it's gonna cost you a hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm not in y'all's tax bracket. Well, so that hurts it, me a lot more than it hurts you. If you're going to, and you're you're a lot closer than you realize. Uh, if you go to Destin or any of those, but what two o'clock's usually the the afternoon rate. They call Somewhere it twilight. That. that that's what I always did when I uh, went to you know kids and everybody go. Let's go to the pool, the beach, or whatever. Get them set set up at the beach or the pool. And then go play it too because it was like instead of one twenty or one thirty or whatever it was, you get it for seventy, seventy five, okay. something like that. I gotcha. Well, I uh, I guess I need to get used to paying a little more if we go on these ex- golf excursions. Show some more ads, Ty. It yeah. sounds like it. I got to get, get what you pay for. I mean, <laughs> if you play if you play for thirty five or forty, you probably played a forty dollar course. Uh, I, got a, I got a lot to learn, a lot of money to make in the next forty or fifty years of my life. Hey. The quality of trees that you hit into at one of those good courses, <laughs> a whole lot better quality yeah. of trees than you do at a public track. Yeah, that sand in the bunker is a oh, lot finer. That's exactly right. These, uh, $100 you courses. might get it out in three tries oh, instead man. of four. Let's talk to JR and Shady Grove. He has some thoughts on the Tennessee-Arkansas game last well, night. Please, we need some we need, of that. We need it. What's up, JR? Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, horrible. What's up? Horrible. Well, you know what? Last night, I... As my opinion, my observation, uh, this team is probably about the same they were in January as far as being able to play together and have some cohesiveness and act like they, they want to play postseason. Uh, it just seems like, you know, it just seems like there's just no no desire between between all of them. Uh, they, just, they just, you know, 
for whatever reason. But my my, my, what my question what is J- right. Jr. Why do you? What makes you feel that way? What are you seeing that makes you feel that way? Well, just just the the mistakes, the turnovers, uh, the passing. You know, there was there was times last night where there were some passes that were were thrown toward somebody was supposed to be cutting, somebody was supposed to be standing there. That you get yourself in a situation where you you pull your dribble or you you jump up to pass and no one's standing there. I think Devo actually ran over one of the twins last night while he was driven yeah. down the court, caused a turnover. You know, I mean that's just that's mental mental mistakes. That's you know this time of the year you should be improving. You know by this time you should be you know going into tournament play, whether it's a SEC or if you get to make it to the NCAA. You know at some point. You know, you, you expect them to get a win here, you know, deciding, you know, whether or not they want to play in post postseason or not. So, um, I, I I don't expect them to win anymore. Uh, uh, I think they're NIT bound at best, but uh, that that's just where I'm at. So, what, who, who do you expect to return next year? Is there is there is there people on here that have got their draft stock up where they're gone regardless? AB's gone. Nick Smith's gone. Ricky and Jordan are projected right now, some mocks in the second round. But, I mean, A.B. and Nick are both projected lottery. You won't see them in a Razorback uniform next year. Other guys, we'll see about Trevin Brazil. He was projected before he got injured. But there, there'll there be a there'll be some turnover next year, but there has been the last I mean, four what years. Would, what would make you believe on an Eric Musman team that 10 out of 12 what, won't be different? You know, 9 out of 12. Something, I mean, generally, that's kind of been the number, right? Well, I mean, I don't know how it's going to shake out. That's kind of what we grasped onto there in the last part of what he said. But, I mean, he talked about how Arkansas is NIT bound. No, they're not. Um, Arkansas, you know, the, the net is still 14 this morning. The net is still 14 this I morning. didn't move. Didn't move. Um, and I'm just going to tell you, you beat Kentucky Saturday or you lose to Kentucky Saturday. It's not going to move much then either. Um, you know, for example, if Arkansas had won last night, they wouldn't have been jumping from fourteen to six. No. It wouldn't have been. Yeah, it wouldn't have been anything like that. Um, you're just at the point in the season right now when one good team plays another good team. There's enough of a body of work that your numbers don't move. And again, we focus on the here and now. Go back and look at those records of the teams Arkansas beat non-conference play. Look at how smart they scheduled their non-conference opponents. Look at what those teams have done and how many of them are going to be in the NCAA tournament. That's a big part of the reason that their net is where it is. The net's not the only thing. And some people don't like it. I get it. It's an algorithm, and I get it when people say, I'm not sold on that. I completely understand that. But at NCAA.com, it says the net is the primary tool. It is the not the only one, but the primary one. So that's why Arkansas is going to be in the tournament. And the net is used to, you know, keep it, I guess, less opinion-based. I mean, we need eye test. We need people in the committee that, that know the game. But it also is a way to, I guess, to levelize things and, and, and give everybody at least a measuring stick that is the same. And that, that's the intent of a net where they used RPI in the past, and it had a lot of flaws, so they came up with their own metric. Well, they did, and I understand why they are – continually trying to tweak this and 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 make that work because every game after Saturday's played on a neutral floor you know you don't factor in home crowd road crowd you know road record all this stuff 
you know, you look at Arkansas on neutral floors this year, which is where everything's going to be played after Saturday. Record's pretty good. You know, you feel like uh, uh, certainly not what it's been on the road in conference play. So, you know, you look at what's left on the schedule. You've got a home game, and then everything's on a neutral floor. So um, I don't think that can be discounted. And I think when you have something like the net, when you put these numbers together, ideally you come up with as much of a number as you can that's going to indicate how somebody's going to be, comparatively speaking, on a neutral floor. Because that's where the tournament's going to be played. So um, Arkansas is not going to be in the NIT. I feel pretty sure of that. Who's coming back next year? I got no idea. I think where a lot of fans are at, maybe I don't have the complete pulse of it, but it feels like like a week or ten days ago with Nick coming back and you started seeing the team take some steps in the right direction, you were believing again this could be a second weekend, sweet 16, perhaps a lead eight team. And I think last night was a was a shot to the solar plexus on that thought that, hey, this is a team that could get past a two. If you're in the 8-9 game and the matchups ain't right or you drop to a seven or, and you end up playing a a one or a two seed in the second round that, hey, we got a chance in this. I think last night was maybe a, a shot to that thought of, you know, this could still be a second weekend team. Yeah, Saturday solidified it. You lost, but you took the number two team in the country right. to the final seconds of that game. And then last night, as you just said, I mean, Gives you some all, doubt. All, all, you, all you can take away from the game is what the heck was that. That was one of the poorest performances they had all season. I know they get Kentucky to kind of redeem themselves, but the good thing is, you do not have to play another road game the rest of the way. Now, maybe in Nashville, when Kentucky floods that place, it'll be like a road game if you have to match up against the Wildcats. Or if you play Tennessee, they'll come over from Knoxville three hours. But at least it's called a neutral side game. It is a neutral side game. It is a neutral side game. When you play on – crowds don't win games. I'm sorry, but they don't. Crowds don't win games. When you're playing at a place you've not played before and the rims are different and everything's different, you're on a neutral floor. I mean, and and uh, it'll it'll. I've been to a lot of them in Nashville. It'll be on a neutral floor, and crowds are important. But uh, fans don't win games. I mean, we like to think we do, but we don't. Hey, let me talk to you about V's Barbershop for a minute in Bentonville and Rogers and Little Rock. You've heard us talking about them before. You know, a barbershop experience. You know, we've all done it our whole lives. Um, you may not do it as much when you're older as you did when you were younger, but. Everyone's had that barbershop experience, and you know what I'm talking about when you talk about hearkening back to a simpler day. Real barber chairs, old-fashioned hot leather, straight-edge razor shaves. Well, V's Barbershop sets a new standard for barbershops, not only in northwest Arkansas, but all over the state as well. You know, they, they, they service all age groups, seniors, children. Um, people in their middle age, uh, they do a lot of things beyond just the haircut as well, shampoo, facial, uh, massage. And we mentioned the straight razor shave. They'll shave your beard, shave your mustache, trim it, I guess would be the better way to put it. And uh, they've got four locations. Two of them are in northwest Arkansas. They're on southwest 14th Street, 100 southwest 14th Street in Bentonville. That's just west of 71B. They're in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers. They've also got two locations in Little Rock. They're on Cantrell Road and Chanel Parkway. You can always log on to vbarbershop.com. I can guarantee you one thing. They're talking about this game last night in a lot of barbershops today. And uh, yeah. trying to figure out You're what You're probably happened. right. Yeah. You guys heard the Nate Oates clip? About Brandon Miller yet? 
I don't know which clip uh, I you're. I got re- a feeling we're about to. But uh, I'm gonna guess you're gonna play the, it for t- the TSA one. Do you listen to that? Do you I'll listen play it for us? Okay. That situation's on me. We addressed as a team. As soon as I brought it up to them, they immediately understood how it could be interpreted, and we all felt awful about it. They, they explained to me that it's like when TSA checks you before you get on a plane, and now Brandon's cleared for takeoff. We, as the adults in the room, should have been more sensitive to how it could have been interpreted. And I, I dropped the ball. That's that's it. I dropped the ball on it. We've addressed it. I can assure you it won't happen again. He's just better off not saying anything the rest of the year. I mean, every time I listen to him talk, it's it, it's like listening to a third grader. Well, I actually would believe what he, I actually kind of believe what he's saying, that that's what they intended to do. But how does someone that has seen this go on for however many games have been doing it not understand? How do the players themselves not understand how it will be interpreted by the rest of the world? He's probably telling the truth there about why they do it and cleared for takeoff. That sounds like something in that age group of what you do, Chuck, but you've got to be smart enough to know that the rest of the world's not going to view it that way. Well, you have to care. That's <laughs> the first thing you have to do. You have to care. Before you even get into the smart enough, did anybody not realize this? Did anybody not see how someone might have interpreted it? Before you get to that point, you have to care. And um, look, everything they say right now rings hollow. Um, you know, every there's not anything they're going to say that is going to register with me. Period. End of story. I don't think I'm alone there either. So they know it's going to win Coach of the Year in this league. I mean, we're gonna, I are we going to have to sit here on a Monday or Tuesday after that award is announced and say that Nate Oates is the coach of this year in this conference? You know what, Greg Sankey's done a lot of good things in his time as the SEC commissioner. This has not been good. He hasn't said anything, right? Have you guys heard him say? anything on this you're supposed I've to been be disappointed by that you are supposed to be the leader and commissioner in this league this is one of the okay. craziest cases whatsoever and there has not even been an email sent out on any of this there's been no bulletin there's been no press release there's what, been nothing what would you want the commissioner something say? okay uh, uh, thank you i'm not what, making the millions what, of dollars that he is okay but as a fan of sec sports what do you want to hear from the commission? Chuck's talking about this stuff ringing hollow. It, it rings hollow the fact that there's been nothing said from Birmingham. Not a peep. Again, what would you Something, want him... Something, Tommy. I, 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 listen, I... There's it's people a blank that, slate. What do you want him to say? I, again, I don't know the answer specifically what you want, but you got to say something here. You have to, right? I mean, I'm not wrong about that. There's well, not been I think a, there's probably been private conversations. I won't disagree with you on the premise of what you're saying, Ty. I, I, yeah. I don't know, and, 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 and I won't disagree with what Tommy's saying because, you know, what would you say? Yeah. I do think, though, and, and look, I mean, there's the SEC network. Conference has their own TV network. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to act like this didn't happen. But um, the conference has their own network. I mean, um, you know, I'm a little disappointed that he's not – made some kind of comment on this because here's the deal guys and this comes from living in the bubble and the sec office is in birmingham and it's part of the bubble whether they want to acknowledge it or not um the outside world doesn't view this the same way they do inside the state of alabama it's two totally different viewpoints on this and to the outside world alabama is the sec to the outside world, Alabama is the SEC, and there's got to be some understanding of that. 
Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Arkansas basketball falls to Tennessee last night, 75-57 to in Knoxville. Here's Eric Musselman after the game. Disappointing loss for sure, Chuck. 16 turnovers to 8 assists. Not a good assist-to-turnover ratio at all. Add in the fact that in the first half, the rebounds, especially at the offensive end for Tennessee, not enough physicality for sure. And then, and then the free throw shooting is quite obvious. Guys, Multiple times this season, Arkansas has been the more physical team. Arkansas has dominated points in the paint, and it was anything but that last night. Yeah, all you had to do was watch them warm up, see who the bigger team was, the more physical team was, and Tennessee took advantage of that. I mean, yeah, Arkansas has dominated some teams physically, but not teams that look like that. Seemed like they went right at the Mitchells and just won that battle. They went right at them. Uh, I mean, look, Tennessee won every aspect of the game. Inside, outside, everything. Every statistical category. They won the opening tip. They never trailed. I mean, that's pretty thorough. It felt like uh, a lot of the Arkansas-Alabama football games in the past is what it felt like last night. Just got dominated. It was a bad night. I mean, I I don't think it's reflective of of, uh, you know, the overall team Arkansas has. I hope it's not, but um, there's no way around it. I mean, look, sometimes you get beat, and uh, sometimes it's not because of you. Sometimes it's because of them. Arkansas could have done some things better last night. There's no doubt about that. But I think that had a lot more to do with Tennessee than maybe we like to acknowledge. It's just disappointing it happens with two games to go in the regular season. One thing to explain it away, mid-year, one thing early in the year. This part of the year, you expect to be playing your best basketball. Last night, it was clear that you're not. Well, you want to play your best basketball next week and the week after that. Really, the week after that. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to have won last night. But here's the thing, guys. 
they'd still be right around 14, 13 in the net this morning, win or lose. I, I, I would never say that, um, you know, games don't mean as much as we like to make them out to because if they mean a lot to you, then they mean a lot. But um, in the grand scheme of things last night, in terms of where your positioning is for the postseason, nothing really changed. On Monday, nothing changed last night. On Monday, we gave Isaiah Joe a lot of credit for his performances for the Thunder over the weekend. And you got all these Thunder fans that are seeing these Razorback fans in attendance going nuts, going berserk. And Isaiah got asked about Arkansas fans earlier yesterday. The fan base there is crazy. They're amazing. Without them, you know, we wouldn't be the people that we are today. So really a huge credit to them. You know, continue to show love because we, we love them dearly. And it just it, it speaks volumes on, you know, the state. This is, guys, the first time in probably – five or so years that I have not gotten a chance to go to Oklahoma City for a game. I'm not going to make it this year, unfortunately, even though Jalen and Isaiah have been two staples of that team, especially as of late. Kind of bummed about that. Chuck, I thought you made a good point that they're in a great situation where they're in a franchise that's going young. And I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, but when you step back with where they're managing their roster in the direction, it's the perfect setup for those two former Razorbacks. Yeah, and that's a big part of it in professional sports is where you go, what their needs are. We focus on rings and championships and, you know, is he, you know, everybody was excited when Moses went to Golden State. Man, he's going to Golden State, and that's great. But, you know, if he was playing somewhere else, he'd probably get more PT. I mean, that's just the bottom line. If Isaiah Joe was still with the Sixers, um, he wouldn't be playing like he is right now. They're trying to win a championship, and Houston, or pardon me, Oklahoma City's not right now, and um, they've committed to youth, and that really helps Isaiah and Jalen a lot. And it limits the days you spend on the G League roster, yep. and that's very important when you're trying to, uh, you know, trying to establish your career. Mm-hmm. So Mel Kiper had Drew Sanders as his 18th overall pick in the first round, the latest mock draft. We are getting closer and closer, guys. There's been a lot of conversation about Bryce Young and the former Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback, and where he measured at five ten and a half. Where do you guys stand on Bryce Young? I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, but you got GMs and, and people worried about his size. Depends on where he goes, you know. Um, again, I, I just think that's so much of it, where you go. Um, if, if he goes to a place where, you know, he's allowed to develop and they are, you know, they're a good offensive team, they've got a good offensive line, he's got a chance to have some success. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, what's, what's, what's happened in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I think he's got a chance if he's in the right spot to have that kind of success. If he's not, he could be like Tua. And you wonder if he's going to live to see Tuesday. I mean, that's just kind of how it's been with him. And so I think a lot of that with, with Bryce Young depends upon where he goes. And you got Tua, and you got, I guess, to a degree, Jalen Hurts. I mean, not that Alabama needs a lot of help in getting recruits on campus, but it certainly wouldn't hurt Alabama to have another successful NFL quarterback because – while they've you know had some great college teams, a lot of their quarterbacks at least haven't went on to you know tons of success in the NFL. Hurts and Tua, you know, one more. Well, for years, you know, for years, Alabama's best players played on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, they would have great running backs, you know, and they'd have a receiver here and there. But generally, the offensive players in the old days that went to the NFL from Alabama were offensive linemen and running backs. And, you know, the game's changed, and they've changed. And so you see dynamic quarterbacks there now. 
you know, they can go out and sign pretty much anybody they want. They did for years, and they loaded up on linemen and linebackers and great defensive backs, and they still get those, and now they get all the great offensive players too. So, um, you know, all those guys are, uh, you know, they're, they're products of, of, of the new age of football, and they're products of the new Alabama, so to speak. And, um, you know, Alabama gets the best at every position, so it seems like anyway – it would make sense that they've had, you know, they'd have quarterbacks in the NFL, too. That is going to do it for your Hog Update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Let's go to the Bulldogs and Wildcats countries. We welcome in John and Springdale. Good morning, John. Yes, I was going there, guys. How's the investigation going down on Miller? Is that dead in the water? Or is the grand jury going to get the case or what? I would imagine there's more, much more to come on that. Um, you know, it's interesting you ask that question, and it's a good question because, you know, as sports fans, when the game's over, we tend to move on. And um, But I, I would imagine there's a lot more. You know, I've just got a lot of questions, you know, that just simple questions that have not been answered. And, um, you know, there's um, – I would imagine this is far from done. Now, whether or not he's going to get indicted, my guess is, based on what I hear – from those who understand Alabama state law a lot better than I do, is he's probably not going to be. Yeah. Uh, intent is where it goes. It's hard to prove that. So I would doubt that Brandon Miller, frankly, is indicted. Uh, to me, this is, a, this is about how the adults in the room have handled the situation and the long-term ramifications for this young man, the family of the victim, college basketball as a whole. When you lower your standards once – Somebody's going to take it even lower at some point. That's just the truth. That's how life works. Um, that's my problem with all of this, is I think a horrible message has been sent. And um, it's been indelibly um, it's been indelibly sent, too, frankly. And, and I, uh, I hate to see it. I have yet to hear the first legal mind, attorney, prosecuting attorney, anyone involved in the legal process that has a credible opinion come back with something that here's the charge here's the crime you should be charged with no one no one has said that so i i, I don't think i want to know about much. the gun i want to know about the gun where was it bought buy it at walmart buy it at a gun show legal i want to know a little more about that so i mean, I, I don't think you're going to see an indictment at this point at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry!
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. I just got sent four tickets for the baseball game later today, so make sure you're listening in later on this segment. We will give those away. Just a reminder, Chuck is on call for the game tonight. Chuck, are we going to hear any Zach Morris references, Saved by the Bell, with him on the bump today? (laughs) No. Sprinkle Man? No? No, probably no Saved by the Bell references. Guys, it's also National Pig Day, Uh, which is a great day here in the state of Arkansas. Have y'all ever seen a whole pig roasted? First time I saw it was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'd never seen it before until I made the trek to Baton Rouge. It was on a spit? It was on the stick thing. I remember as a kid, we did one dad and one of his friends, they dug a hole in the ground, did did the whole thing in the ground. And uh, I thought that's the neatest thing ever. When I was was probably eight or ten years old when that that happened. So I've seen it done several times. It's been about eight or ten years ago. Quinn Groby will remember. We were walking into the stadium. LSU was really good, and we weren't. And some fan came running up to us, because only because we had Razorback stuff on. <laughs> and uh, they'd, you know, they'd cooked the pig, roasted the whole thing, and severed the head, and <laughs> had the head on a stick. And I don't know, we looked at each other. It's like, man, it's going to be a long day. Mm. And, uh, I mean, we just lowered our head, ran the gauntlet, and got into the stadium as quick as we could. What's I the- always remember that. What's the book where the, the boys are on that stranded island with the conch? Kind of, you don't know what I'm talking about? I can't, you had to read it in, in school. I cannot for the life of me think of what it's called, but they, uh, that, the barbaric yeah. stuff is throughout that book. That kind of sounds like yeah. what, what Chuck saw in Baton Rouge, <laughs> Baton Rouge that That's day. A, Baton Rouge is a barbaric place on a Saturday in the fall. It can be. Yeah. You're right. The only, thing that, the only thing that can keep the natives away is maybe a, a, a bottle of Crown Royal. I mean, you could maybe offer them a peace offering of Crown Royal, and they might leave you alone. Thank you, Justin. Lord of the Flies. That's what I was thinking of. I, Chuck, I will say I was a little disappointed when we went there for baseball two years ago. I still haven't been there for the football game. I know they play early. It's either in September this year or early on. In that they weren't season. that good that year, right? Yeah. I mean, no, I mean in baseball. So. You beat them 2-1. to one. It's the first time you won an Alex Box mm-hmm. in a while. But I want to see the tenacity and the anger on game day for football because I – I mean, based on everyone that's told Clay, Chuck, you, there's doesn't seem to be anything like going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana on a Saturday. You want to get in the hit in the head with a whiskey bottle, that's the place. Well, here's what's fun, going in there and winning. That's what's fun. And because, uh, man, they get mad. I remember when we beat them in uh, the over triple overtime game. I've never seen 90,000 people leave a stadium so fast. And I'm going to tell you, when we won there last year, not this past season, but year before, um, they were uh, they were hot. I mean, uh, I'll tell you the backstory sometime on how we almost all got arrested trying to tape the Sam Pittman show because we <laughs> wouldn't get off the field. I mean, seriously, um, we were threatened with arrest. It was nasty, and uh, but it was also fun because we'd won the game and we knew they were acting that way because they were mad, and that made it even better. Cam Little did the gritty after he kicked the game winner on the graves of every. LSU fan in attendance. I it think was that's, special. That, that might be the best thing in sports. I mean, winning a big home game is great, but when you go in oh. and you face an imposing opponent and their fans and you walk out the victor, I think that's the sweetest feeling in all the sports. I haven't been to very many road games, you know, 
count them on two hands. Mm-hmm. But I went to Tennessee in 2015. You were down 14 to nothing. Arkansas trailed early in that game. Seemed like all hope was lost. It rained all day, and then you walk out of there with a victory that night. It's just a, a sweet feeling. When you go on the road and win, I think that's the best thing in sports, Chuck. I remember in 2002 going to Austin and beating Texas on their field and flying by that tower. And if you're old enough, you know mm-hmm. that when they win, they light that tower. And when they don't win, they don't light it up. I can remember flying by that tower and looking over there and seeing it dark. And uh, that was about the coolest thing in the world. And everybody commented on it. Look at that tower, you know. <laughs> and, um, yes, it's fun to win at home. You know, I, uh, that moment when they beat Texas and people rush the field, that's a Razorback moment. That'll, uh, um, you know, half a million people claim they were there 20 years from now. And um, it is a special moment. But I'm going to tell you, when it's you against the world, and you go somewhere else, and your team wins, and you got that small gathering. People who've traveled on the road to these games know what I'm talking about. You're down there in that little corner of the end zone, and there's nobody there but you. Everybody leaves the stadium. You're still there. And all of a sudden, you look around. It's your team on the field, and everybody else is gone. And um, that is fun. That is fun. I know this past season didn't go according to plan, but like you're saying, when in Auburn – at that game, and when you could not be stopped running the football, and then after the game, I'm still bouncing around. I know, Chuck, you flew back, and other fans drove back, but, I mean, I'm wearing Razorback red polo, and just getting these looks, they they didn't have anything to muster yeah, up to say. They, they could not, the fans could not say anything other than good game. But imagine when you go beat a good team. That wasn't a, yeah. that wasn't a good, like an 06. You go down there and you beat Auburn. That was a, what, number, they, number two or number four? They were, they were number two. Number two number in the two. country. And you go down there and you just whoop them. 27 I mean, to 10. I wasn't there. I was watching on TV. But even, I mean, it just even feels sweeter in your own living room when you go in on the road in a well, place like that against a good team. If you were to ask me, you know, top 10 games you remember, I mean, I've forgotten a lot of games, I'll be honest. But I remember that one mm-hmm. because Arkansas just dominated them at the line of yeah. scrimmage. I mean, that was a prime example of what happens when one team just breaks another team's will. Yep. And they did it, and um, I remember that game. I oh, certainly do. I remember where I was at, who came to my house to watch it, who didn't bring enough beer, what we had to eat. I remember the whole day. I mean, that's one that you don't forget. And uh, You remember the guys that came in and mooched off of you yeah. at your, at your every, game day? Every together? bit of it. <laughs> I mean, that's been, been over 20, you know, not quite 20 years ago, but that's been over 15 years ago. We lost to the Searcy Drillers 3-2, to two, and I was pissed off because we could never beat those guys in classic soccer, only to be my dad I'm walking off, and my dad's like, hey, Arkansas's up 24-10 to 10 or whatever, and all of a sudden, it yeah, switched just straight. Changed your whole mood. Yep. Yeah. That's how it goes. We haven't talked football in a while. Yeah, yeah I was uh, playing Pee Wee football, and I remember that. I didn't get to watch the game, but I remember you know everybody being happy, announcing the score and all that. Pretty good day. Yeah, you can, you can tell. I mean, it changes the mood of a even when, like you said, you're you're at a, your kids' event or you're at a high school game or whatever, and they they announce a Razorback score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you, hear, you know, just the, the whole crowd will erupt or, or go one way or the other. So. I hate Cotillion for a variety of reasons, but the biggest one being the fact that right tie and white glove. Yeah, can you imagine? I I can't dance and couldn't dance fancy. Can't dance with rhythm either, but. The worst is when SEC championship game, they decided to 
playing the big red ball or whatever it's called back in the day. And the last thing I saw at Benihana before I left to go to that stupid manners dancing course, whatever the bleep it's called, is Reggie Fish muffed that punt. Mm. And I didn't didn't talk to a single person the rest of the night. Just ruined the whole cotillion. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. For, hey, listen, that <laughs> my like, gosh. For the parents oh. listening right now, do not subject your children to the worst two or three months of their entire life. It's awful. Yeah. I don't care if there's camaraderie you think that's built up with their friends. I don't think if you think... Well, I think it's, it's training on how to get out of the friend zone. It's early childhood uh, training. Obviously, on it didn't to, work. Yeah, it didn't take two or three you. years. Obviously, yeah. it didn't take. But yeah, Miss Joiner. The worst thing about that moment for me, I was there in the Georgia Dome, is and oh. we were in the because uh, the, the press box was not big enough to hold all of the media, and you know we got subjected to the auxiliary press box, which was in the end zone. <laughs> a and radio man it, like yourself. Well, there was a bunch of us. All Slappy of us were press down there. Box. Yeah, it, it was in the stands, more or less. Okay. And I mean, we had everything we needed there, but then all of a sudden, because USC had 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 won or gotten beat, and then Florida wins that, and all them Gator fans started doing that chomp right around us. If you had Razorback anything on or just red on, they were right up in your face. It was uh, it was it was not a lot of fun sitting out there with the natives that night. You think about the guys on the field that day: Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, pro guys, and then on the other side, Aaron Hernandez. Tim Tebow, Riley Cooper, Percy Harvin. I mean, the talent on the field that day was incredible in terms of Brandon Spikes. I mean, there was NFL player after NFL player. Well, when you got Atlanta a good moral day. leader like Urban Meyer, you're going to get that kind of talent. <laughs> I'm ready for that Netflix documentary to come out. That's going to be, I think it's a two or three parter. That's going to be a great doc. When will he be added to the Alabama basketball coaching staff? Is that after the season, or when does Urban Meyer join Nate Oates' staff? Sometime soon. I hope I'm wrong about them winning tonight. I hope Auburn goes in and somehow gets an upset. I can't see it happening, but I hope they lose tonight. That's gonna be. They're gonna be the most. I'm only half kidding about Urban Meyer and Nate Oates working together. Well, he called Ray Lewis. <laughs> with this situation, I would went not down. say. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. Todd. Yeah, <laughs> you said that. You said it best. I'm like, you call Ray Lewis. Be like Ray. I mean, like, I don't know how you... You know, we're beat deaf. We can't hear the beat in the song because we can't dance very... We're as beat deaf as they are oh. tone deaf down there. I mean, I wouldn't have said that out loud in public. I called Ray Lewis for advice. Who who has ever uttered that line before? No one. They're just in the bubble, guys. They're just in the bubble. Yeah, but they how don't can you hear be that unaware? Word. Chuck, how can you be that unaware? Because you're in the bubble. Because you're living in the bubble. And that's where they are. I can just tell you from being there, they're oblivious to the whole thing. So like the rays they, uh, of, of the rays of sanity and and the rays of, of intelligence can't get through the bubble, only the, the, the sunshine of stupidity right. yes. gets in there. The what? answer to your question is yes. <laughs> Unfortunately the answer to Not your question right. is yes. I mean I, and I don't um, um, you know, they um, they've they're all in. They don't consider they don't have any sense of what the outside world thinks nor do they care they're 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 in their own world right now they are living in their own world right now and and um um you know this is going to settle this will settle and somewhere down the road we'll look back at this and um this is a university of alabama failure we put all the blame on Oates because he's the front and center guy. He's the face. This is an administrative failure. And, um, you know, I think when it's all said and done that, you know, when the dust clears and all that, 
and let's say they don't win the championship, um, I think that you know the chickens are going to come home to roost on this. The SEC is complicit in this. By not saying something, you're saying something. And, and I wasn't trying to be smart earlier. Oh, you're I, good. I'm putting you in, in, in Sankey's shoes. What would you come... I'm not asking to be a, a smart aleck. What would Sankey come out and say? What do you want to hear from him? Well, I'm not educated enough to give a valid opinion on that. Um, because I, I agree know. he's been silent and he should say something, but what would you want him to say? I mean, you're at, your office is 45 minutes from Tuscaloosa. 45 minutes mm-hmm. from Tuscaloosa. And you can't even put out a press release on any of this. Again, y'all know I'm the dumbest person on this show. So why would, why would you ask me that? Ask Chuck that. You come up with something. I'm not, I'm well, not well, educated. I, you I know, think you got to acknowledge the, it. If, if the, you do nothing else, acknowledge the situation if you're saying the, it. The thing that's disappointing to me is, is not that he's not had a press conference, not that he's not put out a press release. It's just that, like, you know, I can tell you that office in Birmingham – um, you know, when you walk up to it, you'd have to know you're at the conference office to know that that's what it is. And there's a reason for that. Those doors are locked. You don't just open up the door to the lobby, walk in and talk to a secretary at the SEC office. Doesn't work like that. I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's private quarters with emphasis on the private. And, um, they've just not made themselves available. You don't have to have a press conference. You don't, uh, but, but, but don't hide. And what I... What I worry about, and, and I said this earlier, and um, I won't go so far as to say they're complicit, but I think from the public perspective, outside the South, when you mention the SEC to your, say, a resident of Colorado or a resident of Indiana, or pick, you know, pick your state, um, tell me about the SEC. First thing they're going to say is Alabama. Whether we like it or not, and this is why Alabama feels entitled. Alabama's always felt we are the SEC, and uh, that's why they feel entitled, and they feel entitled now. But there's also a flip side to that. The rest of the country, they may acknowledge, yeah, when we think of the SEC, we think of Alabama. So consequently, when they think of Alabama, they think of the rest of us, whether we want them to or not. They do. And there's got to be some acknowledgement of that. And I think there's got to be some management of that somewhere down the road. And I don't know, to answer what you were saying, Tommy, I don't know what Greg Sankey could stand up and say right now and make this okay. Now, one could argue that the conference privately could have, should have, maybe might have said uh, he ain't playing, Mm -hmm. Um, period, end of story. I mean, they decided he wasn't going to be freshman of the week last week. They decided that. So, um, you know, they've still got some decision-making power down there. Uh, that's the part that I think the outside world looks at. I'm not saying they should have done it. I'm saying I think from an outside public perspective realm, I think that's the way a lot of the public views this. And so are they, you know, complicit morally? Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. But are they complicit from a public perspective standpoint? Yeah, they are. And that's the sad reality of this. And, um, you know, um, it's always the appalling silence of the good people. If you'll allow me to quote Dr. King for a moment, it's always the appalling silence of the good people. And that's what's going on down there right now. Even though he has not been charged with a crime, and, and it doesn't appear he will be, that doesn't absolve him from the difference in right and wrong. 
and there's degrees and and severities to that. But uh, I think, in fairness, we we do have to keep reminding ourselves that he's not been indicted, he hasn't been charged. Maybe he will be at some point, but I haven't heard one legal expert, one legal opinion from anyone of note that says, "Hey." You know, here here are the laws he violated. But that shouldn't be the bar. I, I, that I, I, the bar. That's what I'm trying to say. But in fairness, I think that can't get lost in the in the story well, either. When when it comes to sports, when when does the uh, phrase "innocent until proven guilty" come into effect on this? Because I, I I've been, well, you're always innocent until proven guilty, but that doesn't mean you get to keep playing. Okay. That was the, I mean, that look, was the report I mean, that's been sent to me over and there, over. There, there have been many, many, many players in sports who've been dismissed from teams when they weren't charged with a crime. You know, uh, there aren't, frankly, all that many players out there. You know, by comparison, the percentage of guys who've been kicked off the team who weren't charged with a crime is a whole lot higher yeah. than the percentage of those who were kicked off who were. So that's not the bar. Alabama's trying to make it the bar. And anytime you're trying to justify having somebody play, that's the bar that you use. It's just generally speaking, we're talking about, hey, was he actually charged with shoplifting? Was he actually charged with a DUI? Now we're talking about murder. And so it's, you know, it's a whole different deal now. And now we're in a world of NIL where big boosters and big money's got a lot of big money invested in a five-star player. And that's all involved in the calculus. Don't think for a second that's not baked into all this somewhere, Chuck. Oh, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's definitely money involved. There's no doubt about that. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.